This is Practical Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Ted. My co-host, Cody, will be joining me in just a moment. And today we are joined on the pod by Caleb Cox. Caleb Cox was a, uh, a coach for me um, when I owned Fort Collins CrossFit in Fort Collins, Colorado. And uh, he's also a pastor of his church. And when we talk today, you will, you'll see and you'll understand that you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's a dude driven by faith. But you'll also understand that he's just a well-spoken, true leader, and that makes, you know, it's got to make for a good pastor. It definitely makes for a good CrossFit coach, and so we'll talk to him about how those two things overlap. We did have a little hiccup at the end of this recording, so hopefully we're able to seamlessly transition, and uh, it sounds all right. But let's uh, let's get rolling here with our uh, our warm-up waves. Don't underestimate your ability to figure it out you know whether we have a project coming up or we're just trying to improve ourselves in any capacity health wellness work relationship you know we all need to have a level of figure it out to us and uh, you'll need some guidance you'll need some direction but what you will need more than anything is work put in the work as you consistently produce you'll gradually find pieces to the puzzle your puzzle struggle fail adjust enjoy This is the part of the episode where we shamelessly plug and ask that you guys rate, review, subscribe to this episode, to previous episodes, if you haven't yet. Cody and I really enjoy getting together, talking with some cool people, running these episodes, and and so we want to continue to do so. If you guys ever have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Our email is info at practicalwellnesscoach.com, and we appreciate you listening. All right, and now at this time, we'd like to bring in um, one of my good buddies here. This is Caleb Cox, and Caleb is... I've been fortunate enough to kind of travel around and, and go to different gyms, own a gym, worked at a couple different gyms, and Caleb is, he's one of the good dudes. So Caleb, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you guys for having me. That's a big honor. I don't know if I can live up to that that standard you just set for me. Well, we'll see. That's the, that's the hope is if I set that that high, then it's up to you to kind of follow through. You know what, Ted? You say it, and I believe it about myself. That's why, you, that's why you've been such a great coach to me. Well, if you guys don't know, if you're listening to this, Caleb... Um, Caleb coaches, still coaches at the gym that I owned, um, and um, had since I've since moved on. Caleb's still there, carrying the torch. He's doing some great things there. But um, let's uh, let's start here. So, Caleb, how did you um, how did you first get into you know fitness, right? And so I'll let you tell the story. I would probably fumble it around too much, but how did you first get into fitness? What is you know high school, college life look like? Oh, and, and then we'll just stop you kind of as we uh, as we need to. Well, uh, Ted, you probably know this, but um, I'm, I'm a pastor too. So once I start talking, I don't really stop. So you guys might might need to interrupt <laughs> me because I'll, I mean, I'll go way back, man. I'll, I'll, I'll point, paint the picture, make you feel like I'm you're part of inter- it. Interrupting. I'm good <laughs> at- well, go for free. it. Go for it. <laughs> so uh, growing up, I, I just kind of played every sport imaginable, just any any youth sport, any team sport, uh, any school sport I could. I'd played, you know, basketball, baseball 
golf, soccer, anything. My two biggest sports were golf and baseball. And just as a kid played those and I played golf in high school and you know, a lot of high school sports, you have time in the weight room golf. We didn't, I mean, there wasn't really, that wasn't really a priority. And so we never had anything in the weight room. And so I never really like lifted weights or did anything like exercise focused other than just playing sports. So that was always my fitness. And then uh, when I got to college, um, I actually walked on to my college lacrosse team. Um, my wife, who uh, we dated a little bit in high school and we were engaged throughout college, she played um, lacrosse at our high school. And then I had some lots of friends who played lacrosse. I always wanted to, but it was a club sport at our high school. And so lots of uh, financial dues that I just had other priorities. Um, didn't, have to, didn't have the time, didn't have the finances to really play. Um, but I got to throw around with them and play. And, and then when I got to college, we also had a club team at my school. Um, and so it was still early enough. I think it was maybe they were in their third or fourth ever season. And so early enough that me who had never played before was able to walk onto the team, which is not saying much at all. I was, I was fast. And so, and I learned to keep the ball on my stick. And so I kept, kept the ball on my stick, ran to the other end of the field through to the players who could play. And then I went off the field. <laughs> that was my specialty. Um, can you, again, before but, you move on, can you, I don't know that yeah. much about lacrosse. Can you give us a little bit of a rundown on what that looks like? Yeah. So I, I kind of compare it to, it's a combination of hockey, soccer, and basketball. Um, it's like hockey in the sense that you can kind of go behind the net. There's uh, that you're going the full length of the ice. Um, you, there's a goalie, there's forwards, there's de- defensemen. Um, it's similar to that. It's a lot of playmaking similar to basketball. You're kind of passing the ball around on sure. the outside. So you trying have like to predetermined plays, would you a say, a lot of times? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got ISO plays just like in basketball. Um, it's very similar to soccer. There's uh, there's offsides. There's a certain amount of people on the field. Um, so it's kind of a combination of all those. Best part is you can hit each other, so that's fun too. You got that similar to hockey. Um, yeah, what, so I, where'd you go to college uh, at? Time. Yeah, go ahead. Where'd you go to college at? Just to get that. Yeah, so I went to a, a small Christian school called Concordia University, and it okay. was in uh, it's in Irvine, California, so Southern California out there. Are you from California originally? No, I'm from Arizona actually. Okay, what brought you out to California? Yeah. For school, um, okay. so I, um, so I'm a pastor at a Lutheran church. Grew up Lutheran, yep. and that school is a Lutheran church, uh, Lutheran school. So I knew about it. My parents both went to a Concordia that's in Wisconsin. Oh, okay, um, and so there's kind of this network of those Concordias around the the country. Um, and uh, my parents went to, like I said, they went to the one in Wisconsin. I found mm-hmm. out there's one in California. And I'm like, why would I go to Wisconsin <laughs> if there's one in California? I was going to be like my on, next 20 question. minutes from the beach. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like locale here. You have a, a plethora of ones to choose from. Why not choose Absolutely. one? Location, location, yeah. location. Yeah. That's it. So that, that's it. You've made, you maybe just alluded to this, but um, I, I was going to ask this eventually. What what kind of led to you know this career path? What kind of, you know, when did you know you wanted to go to school for this and eventually do this? Was it because of family? Did you have... Uh, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, so I grew up, uh, going to the church. That's just been a huge, um, foundation of my family. Um, I don't, my, my, neither of my parents are pastors, neither of them are church workers. So I never really had that influence from mm-hmm. them. Um, but church was just always part of what we did and just who we are. Um, and so when I was a kid, uh, the biggest influences in my life, they would, they told me multiple times, friends, family, they said, you know, you'd make a great pastor. And I'm like, you know what? I love Sunday school. I love, I love the Bible. I love Jesus. I have great pastor influences. I mean, I love it. Let's do it. And so growing up, it was always something that I uh, felt called to and really uh, connected with and enjoyed doing. And um, 
yeah, it just stuck with me as I as I got older. And the school that I went to, um, they uh, they have a program, kind of a it's it's called the pre seminary program. So you go there for four years, kind of get the basics, theology, languages, whatnot, and then you go to seminary for your master's degree. And so that's where. Um, after college, I moved to St. Louis. My wife and I got married, moved to St. Louis, lived there for four years when I went to seminary. And then now I live in Colorado in Fort Collins, mm-hmm. um, and I'm at my first church out here. What makes a great pastor? So you said, you know, people like, I, like you, they told you specifically, like you would make a great pastor. Like what, what is that? What's that about you that they thought that? You know what? That is a fantastic question. I've never been asked that in regards to my story, which is cool. Um, I think when, when they said it, um, looking back and, you know, as I'm a kid and be, hearing that, I think a lot of it was more just like Bible knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like you seem to know what, you know, what you're supposed to know. Sure. Um, and not saying that everybody said that, but I think part of it is just authenticity also and being real with people, mm-hmm. um, being honest, um, being vulnerable to being able to admit my own weaknesses and my own dependence on really Jesus dependent on, on someone greater than myself, um, for all things. And, uh, and I think that's, especially now that's something that I really hold on to um, being able to uh, to relate to people to not uh, you know elevate myself over them just as all of us try to do right there's every all of, every one of us is just kind of struggling through our own things and needs help and needs uh, healing and needs restoration and reconciliation and uh, I, that's that's what I believe Jesus brings me so and that's to, to go back to the health and the exercise I love that aspect of fitness too. That I have faith in uh, in in a God who who brings a restoration to all aspects of who we are, as well as our physical health. And so I love being able to um, kind of pair those things in harmony with the physical health, as well as spiritual health, emotional health, mental health. I just love all aspects of that, and that's something that I, I've really enjoyed focusing on in my own growth, as well as um, my own coaching and teaching of others too. Awesome. And you, go ahead, Ted. Yeah, I was just gonna say too. I I always. Um... I was always impressed and amazed too. And, and this is, this is funny because this is going to get into kind of our relationship, Caleb, and we got to know each other. So, so now you said you went to, you know, what do you call it? Undergrad? I don't know. Right. But yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. For four years. And then seminary school was another four years. For another four years. <laughs> and so when I had met you, you were fresh out, right? You were just ready to go as you're probably 26 ish years old. And did you have, did you have any, like, what, what does that look like when you're, when you're going through that process of, um, you know, deciding where you're going to, what does that match look like as far as like finding a, a job? Mm. I mean, cause it is a job, but also, yeah. you know, knowing that you're going to be connected to an area and a community. What is that? What was that process like? I'll, I'll be honest, man, for us, it's super weird. Um, so I'm a pastor of a, of a Lutheran church. It's kind of just, a um, I like to kind of compare it. It's, it's similar to Catholic. Uh, it's, it's relatively traditional Protestant. Um, but also my church is very, uh, we have contemporary traditional, we kind of value all different, um, expressions of worship, traditional contemporary. We try to be creative. Um, with that said, the seminary that I went to being a Lutheran, uh, one also the, the system that we use is they meet with you and your spouse, if you're married and they kind of they, they basically sit back and they say, all right, paint us a picture of the the uh, the perfect church for you or the perfect community. And we just get to kind of dream and say, well, so my wife and I in our in our first meeting with the, the placement director, we said, well, it's a it's a contemporary church in the mountains in Colorado. And they're like, OK, cool. Like, what else? We're like, uh, no, that's it. <laughs> like, that's what we that's what we want. That's what we would love to be part of. Um, so obviously we, we got a little bit more 
expressive too. We just said we love, uh, we'd love to be part of an active lifestyle. We'd love to move back west. Um, we think we relate really well with uh, uh, West culture. Um, we grew up in, both of us grew up in the uh, Phoenix Valley. Um, love St. Louis, love Midwest culture, but we just relate better to the West culture. And so part of it is, I mean, you guys know you're in Iowa and you know that there's, there's culture, different places that you go, right? And depending on your upbringing, your, uh, how you were raised, you just kind of relate. You're a little bit more comfortable in certain cultures. I think it's good to get out of our comfort comfort zone at times, um, but also if I'm trying to connect with people, um, especially to, to share faith with them, then I think being a, a similar culture would be a great place to do so. Um, so to then answer your question fully is we were kind of told where to go, to be honest. Um, we get to say, here's what we would love. Um, but part of the factor is there's just, um, in our denomination, there's a limited number of churches just as everyone. So even though there might be a quote unquote, perfect church out there, maybe it already has a pastor. Maybe it already has a team of, of pastors. Maybe it already has a team of ministry people. And so they just don't have room for you, I guess. Um, so fortunately the church that I'm at, they were looking for another pastor and they actually contacted me. And then said, hey, would you be interested? And I said, uh, yes. <laughs> Never heard of Fort Collins, but yeah, I'm there. And then, you know, they, they went through the process. And yeah, I got to end up out here. And it was, we have this day called Call Day where you, it's this big kind of ceremony and, and church service where you find out where you're going. And me and all my classmates are sitting there just sweating bullets. Like, please, God, don't send me to North Dakota. Please not <laughs> North Dakota. No offense to all your North Dakota listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so interesting for me. You know, my wife is a physician and like her match day, her like residency match day sounds mm. very, very similar in a way. Like, yeah. you know, Amy was, she was able to at least interview at different places, right? And I, that's maybe one step that you weren't necessarily, and correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't have it exactly the same in that scenario. But, you know, she was able to interview where she wanted to go and then she created a match list and then you know, all the places that she interviewed, they created like a, a list and there's some algorithm and it just, boom, we ended up in, uh, in Greeley, Colorado, actually yeah. just, you know, 20 minutes or whatever from Fort Collins. And, you know, like you, I was also like, where's Greeley? Never heard of it, you know, but like, <laughs> but you know, you know, Colorado and you know, Denver and you're like, oh, that's going to be great. And much like you also, it probably didn't take long to fall in love with the, you know, Northern Colorado area. Yeah. And, uh, and so what, uh, how many people do you have in your, um, in your, uh, congregation? What is it? Our church. Yeah. yeah. In your church. Yeah. Well, real quick, our, our my Go ahead, yeah. situation is very similar to Amy's also. Um, my wife is a nurse, so she's in that medical world too. And so all of her friends, she explains it by like match day also. Um, mm -hmm. very similar. We, I was able to interview with churches if they were looking for another pastor to bring on. And so a lot of it was like, Hey, does this relationship work between the pastors and the ministry staff? But if you are going to be uh, a sole pastor, we call it, that you're the guy at this church, then there's no interview and you just kind of find out. So again, it's kind of this e-harmony thing where it's like, these are my top preferences and they're yeah. like, these are my top preferences and then you try to match it. So is there similar. an app that you like swipe left? Swipe <laughs> if only, right? man, no. if only. No, we're too old school. Yeah, no, <laughs> we have, um, so uh, um, a big thing that churches are going through in our country and, and in the world with the pandemic is we just don't really know who who's forgive me for saying this but we don't really know who's left yeah we don't know who um with with the shutdown with the shutdowns that happened with the restrictions that happened we don't um 
we don't really know who's still part of the community, unfortunately. Um, I'm sure, yeah. Colorado is opening up quite a bit more now, um, especially our county. And so uh, restrictions are being eased. And so more people are coming back. We've seen a lot of new faces. We've seen a lot of returning faces. But at the same time, we're also getting getting emails and communication from people saying, you know what, I'm out um, for one reason or another, um, whether it's you followed the restrictions or you didn't follow them well enough or, you know, everybody comes up with just like gyms, I'm sure. Right. Like give people are just given reasons because you made me wear a mask or because um, you opened up too soon, whatever it might be. There's mm-hmm. they're self-justifying. Yeah. There's right? never the right answer um, for everybody. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And you, yeah. um, you kind of just, that's exactly where I wanted to segue next, right? So you're a big, big part of your gym community. You're a big, big part of your church community. What, uh, t- just talk a little bit about that. Like, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I bring that up? Like similarities, differences, what, uh, you know, challenges, obstacles, what's the first thing you think of when, when you think about, you know, the last 15, 16 months? Yeah. Oh man. It's, hmm. To be, to be completely honest, I think the gym community has handled it a lot better. I don't know what it is, to be honest. I think it's, well, I would just say, I would just, and I, and I don't think that's a fault to anyone or credit to anyone, but when you think about like, you know, people that are members and, and part of a church community, they may see each other for, let's say an hour a week. You know, I mean, they might spend some time together outside of that service, but you know, like, you know, that the, the culture at the gym and the gym community, like people are as committed to that as they are to almost anything. And, and it might not be that spiritual thing that's, that's pulling them and leading them. But if they're spending five to seven to whatever hours a week with the same people and, and, you know, and it's a, and it's a smaller group, a lot of times like gym class sizes are going to be you know, 10, 15 people or so, as opposed to a large community, it's just harder to get connected a little bit, you know, as, as deep as you might be connected to the gym. And so I don't know if that's, that's the reason for it, but, but I think too, that, you know, the gym is just, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I would absolutely agree. Um, and, and the big thing that we tried to do at our church is, is, is as you said, uh, it's had, it's hard to get connected in a bigger community. We had before the pandemic, we had like member wise, which doesn't really mean as much these days. Uh, we had like, we had 3000 members. So 3000 wow. people who said, this is our church on a weekend. We'd see about 1200 to 1500, which is still a good amount. So how do you, how do you get connected? So our church is really big on small groups. We call them life groups. Um, so during the pandemic, a lot of life groups really like clung to each other, which is what we wanted, right? Like your community, the, this is your small group. This is the people that you're doing life with. Um, so we had a lot of people really fall back into their life groups to celebrate things, to grieve things together. And that was awesome to see. Um, but same thing with the gym, right? Like, like I consider some of the people at the gym, like people who know some really deep things uh, about me, some, some vulnerabilities I have as well as some strengths, right? I mean, when we're all suffering through Fran and you're lying there on the floor, nothing brings you together, like suffering through that together. Right. I mean, it's amazing. So, uh, and I think part of it is, is the drive that, uh, that gym goers have, um, that are, that our gym members have. It's just, man, I am so dedicated to this. And I know that even though you're in a different place, you're at a different fitness level, you have different, uh, a different, uh, health status, different sickness, illness status, whatever it might be. We're both in here to do, to conquer this together, that it's unifying. 
at a church you would and, and and obviously that's a broad stroke too like you would hope that that's true and it's not always true same thing at a church right you hope you hope that everybody is there to grow in their faith to uh to worship god to to love and serve each other to be this family that's that's there for the same purpose but it's not right i mean anytime you have multiple people you all have different agendas different biases different desires different hopes dreams visions all those things it's true of the gym but i think in a church it's very much more in a sense exemplified and and really a lot more often brought to the forefront um, which is why there's this past year has been so divisive just with everything right it's i have my own preferences and and you haven't met those whatever it might be and so that's something that that we've seen which is just hard it hurts you know It, it breaks your heart yeah, I'm sure. And I, I think I, I doubt it's changed a whole lot. And I, and at least in this way, at least in this way, like, you know, you remember the time, my time at the gym, my time owning the gym, like it was a very laid back atmosphere. Like we hash out things right then and there when it happens, mm-hmm. we talk about things in the open, like, mm. you know, and I don't know if that necessarily is the case maybe in a, in a, in a church community, you know, where, where it is such a large community, it's hard for probably those people to voice their concerns. And then once you kind of like let things fester, whether it's positive or negative, or like you said, how people maybe handled or didn't handle or handled too much or handled not enough or whatever the scenario was like in the gym, it's like, I think people have an opportunity to know, like both the coaches and the members and the owners, all, all everybody included, like they know that for the most part, this person's best interest is here, right? Mm, mm. Where sometimes maybe in a, in a larger community, and I'm not, I don't want this to sound, sound like I'm picking on a church community, but just in a larger community in general, i.e. go check Facebook or the world, like people are just trying to like voice their opinions just onto nobody in a way, mm. right? Whereas mm-hmm. in a gym, in a smaller <laughs> setting, we can like, you can say something, I can retort back and forth. Absolutely. And I think... um I think there's a lot that uh, that church communities, that faith communities, can learn from uh, from gym communities. Um, I, I agree with you, Ted. I think that it's you, there is obvious struggle that's happening, obvious overcoming. There's this unity that, again, that here here's the workout. It's written up on the whiteboard. This is the mountain that we're taking. And even though we're individuals doing it, we're suffering together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we just did Murph this past weekend, and and a big thing with Murph, right, is like if you're wearing a weight vest, don't take it off till everybody finishes. Because even though I've, I'm done and you're still working out, we're we we suffer through this together, and I'm there with you and for you. Um, I mean, that's that's the thing that the military does. Um, I think what I would say about the church community that I love too is, even though we uh, we're not the best at it, it, there's 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 the there's the potential. For so much more rawness and realness and vulnerability, there's so much more. If we would just be willing to, and honestly, just in general, everybody. So this is kind of a generic we. If we would just be willing to drop the mask, even just for a few minutes with whoever we're with, to not try to put, you know, I'm trying to make the best impression that I can as a guest on your podcast. If I could just drop the mask and just be real and be raw with you guys, I mean, man, like our relationships would grow. There's people who would relate to that better. And that's really what we're hoping for in the church. Now, obviously, we're not fantastic about it. And I think um, the church has done a, a poor job a lot of the time of, of making it seem like you have to be and your best behavior. You have to look the best. You have to act like you have it all together because, right, like we have faith in a, in a God who, who restores us and makes things good. And, and that's true. But at the same time, it's still a broken world that we live in. And so, like, why are you trying to hide that? Just be real, be honest and say, hey, you know what? I'm really struggling today. Like I am just 
really hurting or whatever it might be, this is really hurting me. And to actually kind of lead with that brokenness and lead with that vulnerability, that actually builds relationships because other people also hear that and they say, you know what? I thought I was the only one, but if you feel that way too, oh my gosh, there's somebody else, like not just me, like, man, that builds relationships, that builds community. It's it's reciprocating, right? People, you give and then you get back, right? In almost any context, whether it's in the church community or in the gym community or in just interfamily, like just in small families, right? Your your immediate family, it's going to be the same thing, right? And that's powerful and that's what builds. Like you said, those relationships and that trust, right? Which is Mm -hmm. really kind of what you're striving for at the end of the day is just that ultimate trust. Mm -hmm. And able to maintain yeah. it too. Like you just don't earn it and it's there. You have to continue to work on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's that's a really great point, Cody. Cody, thanks for saying that because it's when you are, it, it's it's scary to be vulnerable and real, right? Like whether you're in a gym or a church, to be honest and, and to whatever it is you're struggling with to bring that forward um, is so scary because you're putting it out there. You're basically giving power to the other person to do with it what they will which is, we don't like giving up power. I don't like giving up control. And so if I say something that I'm a little bit tentative with, I'm not sure how you're going to take this. You now have so much power over me for for really lack of a better term. And the way that you handle that, if you handle it with grace and humility and mercy and love, which is how, I mean, like, like I said, I'm a, I'm a man of faith, which is how I believe God handles me too. Right. When I come with vulnerability and say, God, I messed up. I failed. He says, you know what? I love you. I forgive you. There's nothing you could do that would make me love you less. And so that's what we hope then, whether we're people of faith or even just gym people too, right? Like that's what we would hope to to really lead with towards others. That no matter what you the side is, if whether it's your best side or your worst side that you're bringing, I'm going to love you. I'm going to handle it with humility, with grace, and I'm going to, to see you. you I, know? I feel like, you know, when I think of you as a coach in the gym now, right? I can see you being like an amazing coach, like the person that, I would want to give really anybody to, but also like, especially the new people. Cause I, Mm. cause you're saying this and you're saying, Hey, I want to be vulnerable. I want you to be vulnerable. And I think that's a really important thing, especially when you're looking at someone that is walking into the gym the first time. And maybe we can remember this ourselves. It's so scary, right? Especially a CrossFit gym, right? Let's not beat around the bush. Like it's a pretty intimidating place, right? There's weights, bars flying around. People are doing some weird stuff, you know, walking on their hands. There's, yeah, nobody's wearing like, shirts, yeah, you know. I and, mean, come gosh, on. I'm just here to lose some weight, <laughs> you know. I've never seen so many abs. Right? In my yeah, life. <laughs> and like, and that can be like a, a shell shock to people, right? And it's really hard for people to get over that that uh, that hump in terms of like, okay, like this is a place for me, right? And that takes a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I look at a coach and what I try to embody in myself too is like, hey, how can I like approach these people that is very open, right? And very honest. And then they hopefully, you know, give that back to me. And then, you know, that's where the growth is. So yeah. this is maybe a good segue to maybe talk about like what was enticing to you to maybe be a leader in the gym as you are in the church. <clears throat> Uh, thanks for asking that. What's what's funny? I told you guys before we hit record that I um I was listening to a little bit of your previous podcast. Um, and I'm I, I have it pulled up. What what's his name again? Uh, Search of the Austin, name. Austin. Yeah. Thank you, Austin. Austin from CrossFit Kilo. And and what was cool is towards the um early part of the episode, you guys were really talking about like who do you bring on as a coach like in your gym? Like who do you, especially members and stuff, and and like just full on props to Ted. Like the only reason that I was able to be a coach is because like Ted saw something in me, um, as a member, um, 
I remember the first day I showed up, I, you know, when, when we found out that we were moving to Fort Collins, one of the first things I did is I go to Google Maps and I type CrossFit gym. <laughs> And there's a lot, there's a lot for our, the size of our city. There are a lot of gyms. I'm like, oh my gosh, which one do I try first? And it was on the way to my church. And I was like, oh, and there's showers too. That's perfect. And so I meet Ted, meet Ted and work out, love the community, fall in love with it. We have a few coaches who who move on, who, who do other things. And I say, hey, Ted, what are you going to do to, to really like replace or whatever? So-and-so. And Ted says, well, you know, we'll, we'll obviously hire somebody, but I love to raise up people from within. Um, there are people who know our culture that, um, that believe in the other members that, that I believe in, that I know that I trust that they, they are already part of this community. They're already leaders in this community. People know them and respect them. And it's just a, a, a very smooth transition. You know, you can get to know the, 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 uh, you know, the proper execution, the, the points of performance, you can get to know those things, but your character and who you are and how you present yourself. Like you can't really learn that. Like that's just part of who you are. And so, um, so actually like, you know, after that conversation, Ted's like, Hey, is that something that you'd be interested in? And I was like, Oh my gosh, I would love that. And, uh, Ted had a great system of, of really training, training people. And I know that you did that with, with a few people, Ted, um, raising people up, you know, it was a lot of, um, I do, you watch, um, uh, I do, you do. And we talk about it, you know, you do, I watch. And it's just so, so much of that, that system, uh, that Ted really, uh, used on me was so helpful. And so just seeing, being part of the community for a few years, seeing the way that Ted coached and the other coaches. And then also, um, like Ted was so instrumental in just encouraging me to, to be my own coach, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, like yeah. be you. Like, you know your stuff, have confidence in that, and then just be yourself and people will connect with you. Um, so I can't even remember what your question was, no, well, Cody, but <laughs> that's, no, yeah, that's no, what stands you out to the me. Question, you know, about, absolutely. About Did you feel that that moving, was this your first coaching like role at Fort Collins? Yeah. Did you feel that was an easy transition yep. for you um, with this, maybe the tools that you already had? Yeah, you know, um, I, I found it, this is gonna sound weird, but I found it after... Ted said that and receiving that permission to, to kind of be yourself, that was quote unquote easy to do, to just be up. I mean, especially being a pastor, like I'm used to just talking at people, right? Like, like that's something I do. So that's something I had, I had comfort and confidence in. And then part of it was then just after taking the, uh, um, the CrossFit certificate course and just like getting to know like the actual stuff I'm trying to teach people that then just, um, heightened that confidence, right? Like now I actually know why your squat looks bad. I can't, I can't, I couldn't say it before, but now I know why, right? So it's like, um, so I just had that, the, the smooth transition was just the, I'm comfortable being in front of people. I know these people, right? Like I'm just not, I'm not just brand new to this gym and I've, I've coached before, but I have no idea who you are. I knew the other athletes. I knew how they moved. I knew what they struggled with. I knew what they loved doing. And that was really a lot of tools on my tool belt to bring into it as sure. a brand new coach, never doing it before. What has, what has coaching given back to you, right? What have you grown with as being a coach? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's been such an amazing, like creative outlet for me. Um, I don't know if, if you guys have ever heard the term, the, the church bubble. I mean, and you can put bubble after anything, right? <laughs> but like the church bubble, like you're just, especially as a pastor, like you just, you're seen a certain way. And so you're always expected to, whether in a, in a, for good or bad, you're expected to just kind of be a certain way. Right. Um, and not saying that I'm, I'm one way when I'm a pastor and I'm one way when I'm a coach, but to be able to be away from that church bubble to say, you know what, I don't need to be pastor Caleb right now. I can be Caleb still, still, still a mm -hmm. Jesus follower, but to be 
just myself here in front of these people um, is just very, this isn't the right word, but kind of freeing. It's very just like relaxing, I guess. Like I can just be myself. And that's so, uh, that was so helpful. And then being able to just focus my attention on how, what is the best, here's the, here's the workout of the day. Here are the instructions. Here's what we're trying to do. What is the best way to really bring, uh, help people have a good experience through this? Like we all are going to do this workout. We can do that. We can just put it up on the board and just do it. But how can I present it in a way that makes it fun, makes it appealing that even though it's going to suck, we know it's going to suck. You're going to love it while it sucks, you know? So I just love being able to be creative with that, to to be serious at times, to be uh, joking at times, to just kind of let people do what they will at times, to be much more hands-on at times. And it's just, it's cool to kind of change it up. And I love it. It's so yeah, much coaching fun. a lot of times. Yeah, Go I ahead, Ted. I feel like yeah. I've talked. Well, I just, I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to interject. And I mean, I don't want to reiterate anything you said, you said, but you know, I, I, I saw it immediately. I saw that your coaching gave you the ability to use the gifts that you already naturally had as, as a leader, as a, as a speaker, as, you know, being in front of people like that wasn't challenging for you. And it was just a different outlet, right? It was the ability for you to take another passion and merge your two passions, right? Like you're, yeah. you're a natural born leader, as I said, you're a good speaker and you were able to then merge those together. And I, you know, like, does does Pastor Caleb is Pastor Caleb allowed to play Jay Z in Lincoln Park in the church? I don't I don't know for sure, but you know my but, favorite song, man. You still know it. But in the gym, you know, like crank that shit up, let's go. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like man, nothing something. gets me pumped up that more than Lincoln Park and Jay Z. Let's and, go. Anybody man. that's ever worked out with Caleb knows what the Caleb cry is, right? And it's a true thing. And it's about halfway through the workout, maybe two thirds of the way through the workout, all of a sudden you hear a. Ah! <laughs> and and you look over and Caleb's like just dead eyed, like staring at the, the wall ball or the pull up bar or the barbell or whatever it is. And and I you know I I feel you though, man. I do because it's and that's just what it's all about. I think I think sometimes we feel forced to kind of be, you know, this this persona that we feel like we should be. But in the end, you still just have to be yourself. You're never going to be successful yeah. at anything if you're just not your success and your yourself. And I think. I think you did a good job earlier, you know, when we were talking about you, you're, you're holding your church accountable and you're holding, like, you're not saying that everything needs to be better, right? Everything can be better. And I think that's a good thing. If, if we're just sitting here saying like, um, yeah, this is what we did and people, you know, they didn't like it so they can go to whatever, you know, like (laughs) that's not, that's not how it's going to work and that's not how you improve at anything. Right. And so I think that same thing when it comes to fitness or when it comes to coaching or, or running a gym or just even being a member, like just having that ability to, to understand that things need to always be progressive and always be improving. You're never going to, you're never going to have that opportunity. Um, I had a question here too, and I, 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 I lost it. I was stalling by trying to fill words with it, but it, it, I mean, I can, I can just vibe off of what you said if you want. Go for it, man. Good. Yeah, I think I think a huge part of it is the is I mean, I th- honestly, a lot of what we're talking about is culture, right? Like the culture of a gym, culture of a church, whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think that so much of that, like like grassroots movements, natural are so huge. But at the same time, I think culture is kind of this trickle down effect from the top that if you don't see your coach doing something, if you don't see your pastor here or see your coach doing something, your pastor doing something, your CEO, your leader, your boss, whatever it is, if they aren't modeling that, 
then why why should I do it right like yeah like if that's, you aren't gonna that's exactly what I was gonna so you yeah you sprung it so what I wanted to bring up is this where I think maybe the culture of 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 gyms and succeed in such a way is if you have a coaching staff that is completely bought in where mm. where us coaches Caleb and I we were members of the gym like even though I owned it like we were members of the gym like when I did the workout everyone like I could communicate. We could talk about it. This is where it killed me. This is what it was, right? Yeah. Yep. Now, here's your chance to educate me. Do you feel that's the same way in in not just your church community, but maybe some church communities? Do you feel like there's that connection where, you know, this is Pastor Caleb or this is Pastor, mm-hmm. not, not Pastor Caleb, so-and-so. Is there that same kind of like connection? I, would I think say, the goal probably is yes. The goal is yeah, yes. Yeah, but yeah. what would you say? Yeah, I would say the answer is not very well. The goal is yes, absolutely. Um, I think I think pastors especially, um, and part of it is just kind of is is just the historical way pastors are seen. That it's kind of this. Not only are you other than me, not only are you separate, but you're also actually above me, right? That there's this there's just for some reason, I, and I can't put my finger on why that the why that is why that's been, but there's just kind of this assumption or this belief, especially in church goers that the pastor is better more other like special right and like what i've always done is really tried to even that out and just say no i'm not better i'm not special i'm using my gifts hopefully you're using your gifts this just happens to be how i'm gifted and and what my some of my strengths are um but i'm not saying this because i have all the answers because i have it all all together um i'm up here using my gifts um but we are as you said, Ted, just like us being coaches, we're also members. Like if I am a pastor, I'm also a follower of Jesus and I have highs and lows and struggles and places where I fail, where I, uh, where, where my brokenness is, is all I see rather than successes or rather than growing closer to Jesus. Like I, I drive by the, the person asking for help on the side of the road, just like you, like those are, those are those things. And so trying to lead from that, my buddy and I, who who uh, who have a podcast for our church, we just read a book that that was talking about leading by leading through your weakness, almost like leading, th- um, leading from weakness and vulnerability, um, which goes back to what we were saying earlier that that um, leading through authenticity, being real, um, like that's what we do as coaches too, as you said, Ted. Like it's here's where here's where this workout just destroyed me. Like make sure that you X Y and Z so that you don't fail like I did. And like, honestly, that's what we should be trying to do as pastors is it's like, hey, again, I don't have it all together, but here's where I'm struggling. Maybe you relate. And if so, let's try to overcome together or let's try to follow Jesus better together or whatever it might be. So again, full circle to answer your question, we don't do a great job of it. But again, that's what we're trying to do, right? Is it's, it's trying to almost shift that perception of the people at our church that the pastor is not better than you we're following Jesus as best we can, just like you are. And, uh, we've just been tasked to, to coach you, to shepherd you, to lead you, to teach you, right. Just like coaches are at a gym. Like I, I have been beaten many, many times by in workouts by our members. We just did Murph this past weekend and it was not good. Like I got beat by so many people and, and I'm a coach, right. And so I always had this perception that like the coach should always win the workout. Like, you know, win. like the coach should always be top of the whiteboard should always be the best. And the more I think about it, like, well, that may be uh, generally how things go. It doesn't have to be. 
Like, and in fact, it's probably good when it's not sometimes. Like, I loved, Ted, when you decided, you know what, I'm going to do this workout with you guys, whether you coached it or you just dropped into a class too. And I can't remember a time <laughs> I beat you, but to be able to do, in a, do a workout side, but to be able to do a workout side by side with you, to be like struggling together and being like, this dude's the coach and I'm going to take him down and we're going to, but at the same time, we're going to high five after like, there's, there's something inspirational about that. This yeah. being in the trenches together, which is what we're trying to do. What I'm trying to do as a pastor too. Well, I think in both scenarios, both in your, you know, your, your career and then your, you know, your pastor career and your, your coaching career, like it's just experience. You know, you, you maybe have more knowledge on the subject of, of faith because you have more experience, right? Somebody might do better in a workout because it's experience, right? They've been doing it longer. They know how to squat more efficiently. And so that's just kind of, I think the, I don't know. I think that's probably the most commonality between the two when it comes to like how that is, right? Like, again, I think, um, how did Murph go? How did you do it? How did I do it? Yeah. Uh, so I, so I, I just, um, two weeks ago, I hiked to the Grand Canyon rim to rim. Um, I turned 30 back in February. And so for my like 30th birthday, I really wanted to do rim to rim the Grand Canyon. So that was like my, that was my hyper focus. How long a hike was that? 25 miles. Cool. And it's, uh, 5,000 elevation loss, six or 6,000 elevation lost loss, 5,000 elevation gain. So I was just doing a lot of walking, a lot of running, trying to do long distances. So that was my focus. So I was not wearing a weight vest, wasn't doing many pull-ups. I was doing some push-ups, but not with a weight vest. And so it wasn't until I got to the gym the morning of that. I'm like, you know what? I'll wear a weight vest. What the heck? (laughs) So whether that was a good idea, whether that was a good idea or not, you know, you kind of get wrapped up into it. Um, and it went fine. I, I PR'd by like 10 minutes, but my time, my previous time was nothing. Well, okay. My previous time was nothing special. So I had lots of room to improve, but I, it was, it's just a fun workout, right? Like, like I can't remember if I work out. It's, it's yeah. I mean, I, I read, I read somebody's post, I think on Instagram where it was like, look, remember why you're doing this. Like, this isn't yeah. for you to show off. This isn't for you to just be like, Oh, I did Murph. It's, this is Memorial day. It's Memorial day weekend remember who you're doing this for. Like remember Murph's Michael Murphy's story. Remember all the, the, the warriors, the soldiers who gave their lives. Like that's, that's why we do this. Your score doesn't matter whether you wore a weight vest or not, whether you did a half Murph or a quarter Murph, nobody cares. The fact is that you showed up and you're doing it and you're, and you're doing it to honor those who, who did so much more than we've ever done, Absolutely, you know, in a workout. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's, that's exactly it. And I, I had to remind myself that, also when I, I think I've gotten worse at Murph consecutively for about five years now. <laughs> so, so, but you know, we do different variations and everything every year. So it's, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I actually intentionally do different variations. So that way when I know I probably won't do as well, I'm like, that's oh, just a different variation. It's, you know, I mixed it up this way. I did whatever, that's whatever. Brilliant. Um, that's brilliant. Cody probably wants to interject here at some point and say like, Cody and I had a little I was going to just let it slide, to be honest, because, well, yeah, because you're going to you, let it well, slide. Well, I mean, okay, I'll let it, you I'll beat agree. me this year once again with a sprained ankle. <clears throat> yet, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, I did a little Zoom, um, like workout. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it went really well. It was great. You know, I had yeah, some, I saw some you of my clients drop awesome. in and, and things like that. You know, it's kind of a small thing. It's just for people that didn't have a gym or I was out of town as well. So it's like, oh, this would be yeah. just kind of a nice little thing to do. And Ted, you know, pops in and, you know, he was kind of giving me some excuses all week. I'm like, 
I can't turn when I run. I sprained my ankle, so on and so forth, right? It's like, oh, you know, don't worry, Ted. Just do the I best you can. I sprained my ankle about three weeks ago. You know, and I'm thinking but... in the back of my head, I'm like, I got him this well, year. Well, it was one no of those things. <laughs> <laughs> You're like feeling, feeling bad so for bad. him. You're like, oh, Ted, yeah, I'm so yep. sorry, man. But it's yeah, okay. Exactly. It's okay. Just do your best. <laughs> well, I tell you, I did. So I did. I sprained my ankle three weeks ago, and I wasn't able to do pretty much anything except – Lots of pull-ups and lots of push-ups. That's all I've done for about the last three weeks. And so that that was my only saving grace, I think. But uh, yeah, Cody, you're also, you got a big hike plan this Yeah, we're going this to fall, this summer. Um, Maybe where are you guys headed? Me, my significant other, and her, um, some of her family. So we're going to go out to Mount Rainier and, and hike that. And then we're going to, you know, then transition Dang. to uh, Glacier and hike Glacier. It'll be about a 10 day trip. So oh, yeah, like her, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know that many details because her brother's planning it. I'm like, cool. I got my plane <laughs> ticket, all that jazz, you know, and you know, we're doing some hiking <laughs> and some trail running, you know, Tell in preparation, probably similar to yours. Isn't necessarily going to be as intense yeah, as a rental yeah. rim, which my girlfriend actually has done um, a few years ago. And she, you know, oh, cool. awesome. Whenever I ask like, what's your favorite hike you've ever done? That's the one she says, Grand Canyon, rim to rim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Caleb's kind of famous for his hikes. Oh, man, I tell you what, I just, I love hiking, man. I did, last summer, uh, I had a goal of doing, of hiking 10 new 14ers. Um, so obviously in Colorado, 14,000 foot peaks, 14ers. Um, I've, I had done some, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to try to do 10 new ones. And uh, it, I'll tell you what, man, it was amazing, but that, that took a lot, you know, like, especially as a pastor, like my weekends are pretty busy. Like Sundays are not on the table for me. Like those are, those are not an option, which is when a lot of people hike. So it was a big endeavor, but I loved it. I just love hiking. Right. I mean, part of it, especially for me as, as a person of faith, like that's when I really connect most with God, like being out in creation and seeing like, oh my gosh, like this is beautiful. Like God, you just outdid yourself. And like this hike is going to suck. I'm going to be sucking wind, but at least like I'm out here in your creation. Did and that that's start so when you moved out to Colorado or had you been kind of an avid you know, mountaineer, uh, explorer before then. So, yeah, my family grew up camping a lot. Um, we would go, we would do hikes occasionally. I don't really know when it, when it really happened. Um, right. St. Louis yeah. is not really known for hiking. <laughs> St. Louis is known for amazing food and beer, which I also love. Um, but like coming out to Cal- to Colorado, it was like, oh my gosh. I mean, just the possibilities are endless. Mountains are everywhere. Mountain lakes, forests, trees, all that. And so, um, I always loved it, but like, this is where living here is out. It's just yeah, it's access, it. right? Like, you just exponentially just, you know, point to the map yeah, and absolutely. you probably have one close by, right? And you, did you, would yeah, you say the rim to rim has been huge. your favorite so far? Is that something that you could say, or what do you, what's been your favorite climb? I think, I think for the overall experience that, that was for sure my favorite did it with a couple buddies. And so like the company was great also, um, I mean, it, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, right? I mean, like you, it, you gotta, you gotta start before the sun comes up, you know, and you got, you're, you're hiking in the dark and you know, you're going into this giant hole, but you can't even see it cause it's pitch black, you know, and you're just using a headlamp and then the sun starts to come up and you start to realize like, holy crap, this place is freaking gorgeous. Like it, the sun just starts hitting the walls and you're like, oh my gosh, I've done all of that. And you know, there's all this. And it was amazing. It was it was a blast. So I would say like overall experience like that for there's sure. A, yeah, has there's a guy here like. in Iowa City. He's a big endurance guy. He's a bit of a freak in that sense. And he's going to do rim to rim to rim. He's going to run it. 
as much as you can as much as you can run something like that i suppose I'll tell you right? what, man the, i can't wrap my head people, around that stuff i just want man, yeah <laughs> oh no i'm so competitive i'm like so competitive i know that i'm like not great yeah. at some things but like we're hiking and we're making good time we're passing people and we're like yeah this is great and then you see the people with the trail running vests and you just know like damn it like you're going you're going over there and then you're going to turn back, around and yeah. we're going to see you again because you're coming yeah. back out because you're doing rim to rim to rim what do you say like, when you go by like what keep oh, going so good job like, I don't know if they're going to hear you, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. say, Hey, good, good to see well, you again. You know, Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of have schedule, to suck it up. Let's schedule like, a podcast a year from now. I'll never be you. And we'll talk about you running rim to rim at that point. How about that? Damn. <laughs> you know, like, so I'll be honest. It's with it being 25 miles. Like we made, I feel like for hiking, we made great time. We did it in 10 and a half hours. My Garmin watch said that our moving, which whatever. I said our moving time was eight That's and a half legit. hours, which when you think about it, like 25 miles, we were averaging almost it's, three miles an hour, which for a hike is that's yeah. most people are averaging about like two to two and a, two and a half miles an hour with breaks and all that. I, like rim miles, to rim is, I know I, I, you know, pointed out some like exceptional athletes doing that, you know, endurance people, but like going rim to rim hiking is no, nothing to laugh at. Like, that's a serious thing. Absolutely. I don't want to diminish your you. You know, accomplishment. <laughs> I appreciate it. We, uh, when we, when we came back out, so we did North to South, which is what a lot of people do. And so we stayed in a lodge on the South rim, uh, cause you know, we're not camping after doing that. We, we need a bed. And so, uh, got to our room, ate dinner, did all this, all this stuff. And then me and my bud, my buddy were like, let's go back to the Canyon. Cause we were like half a mile away. Like, let's walk back over there and, and check it out at sunset. And it was cloudy. So it wasn't that great, but we get there and we see, Two dudes who we saw hike in the canyon, they were going to the north rim while we were going to the south, and they're now back on the south rim, which means they did rim to rim to rim, and they got their trail running vests, and I just look at them, and I take their picture, and I'm like, damn you guys. <laughs> Congratulations. Great job. You did it, but oh, you're, That's funny. I, I'm hurting because I just did rim to rim, and you just did 50 miles in you know what i don't know 14 hours or whatever like that's it's, just it's absurd just like just looking insane. at like if you take a that second and you like look around there are some like exceptional like humans you know in any capacity but like obviously we're we talk more about fitness here and it's amazing like i it's hard for me to like understand yeah. like a what it takes and like and what it feels like to maybe do some of that stuff like i couldn't even i can't even think about it it's crazy it's crazy oh my gosh yeah yeah, just when I think about it, I <laughs> yeah. just think about how mentally yeah. I am. So what else can I do? <laughs> Absolutely. Man, I am so, I am like so impatient. I'm somebody who loves like, I'm somebody who loves speed, not the not the drug, but like, you know, speed, like lots of things, fast activity. When we moved out here to Colorado, you know, there's, I mean, you choose what you want to do and, and you can do it, right? Like there's mountain biking, there's trail running, there's just running, there's there's crossfit there's mountain hiking there's backpacking there's camp like what are you interested in? oh yeah we have that right like it's anything yeah, yeah. and so there's so many people at the church who love to fly fish and i'm like you know like fishing like i enjoyed it as a kid you know i i i i think it's fun and so everybody's like oh are you gonna are you gonna learn to fly fish i'm like yeah what the heck like let's do it and i'm somebody who like goes all in like if i'm gonna I'm have like a new too. hobby yeah. i'm gonna buy all the stuff that i need you know like oh if i'm gonna be a fly fisherman then i gotta get a nice you know rod i gotta get a nice reel i gotta get the the waders the boots all that stuff and i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna pump the brakes i'm gonna go with my buddy i'm gonna go with some people and just see right 
And the first time I go, I realized I freaking hate fly fishing. It is the worst. It's so slow. You're not catching anything. And all I was catching when I was casting was the bushes in the river bank behind me. And it is so frustrating because it just gets tied up and you have to cut it. And I feel like this child who like goes to my buddy and has, you know, hey, man, can you like fix this for me and he's like yeah sure no problem you know and he take he gives me his his rod and reel and i start trying again and sure enough i then catch the bush behind me again like hey i i did it again (laughs) like it was so awful i'm like you know what fly fishing not gonna happen not gonna do that yeah i tell you what i was kind of the same way like i fishing was too slow for me like i just like i'm just gonna stand here yeah like i just don't do anything i just stand here but now i love it and i think it's just like I think, you know, adding two kids to my life and just like everything is so crazy and busy all the time. Now I like, I went like a month or so ago and I was just like, this is beautiful. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> something, something that I'm trying to do, like we, we at our church just did um, a five week series on uh, what's called spiritual disciplines. And so we focused on five. So we talked about Sabbath. Um, so just like the, the gift of rest that God gives us from work, from um, not like responsibilities, but just like the opportunity that even if you didn't finish everything, you can just rest and know that like God's got it. God's got it. God's got it. Um, Sabbath, solitude, silence, simplicity, and slowing. So we just each week focus on those things like how, you know, you go on social media and you're comparing your life to everybody and you just feel like a failure. Maybe you need some solitude. Maybe you need to remove yourself from that situation and just relax into to who you are, who God's made you to be and, and, and who you are and all that stuff. And so what I realized during that series is like, because I'm somebody who loves speed, who loves new, who loves activity, loves go, 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 loves all these new things. Um, I actually, what would be good for my own growth is to actually pursue some things that actually force me to slow down. Slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so what you said, Ted made me think of that. Like, even though like fly fishing is so slow and maybe I don't go to do that, but maybe I actually intentionally go on a very slow walk that I actually, even though I'm ready, I'm, this is a walk. I'm going to, we're going to knock it out. This is something to do. We're going to make our lap around the neighborhood and get back inside and see how fast I can do it this time without running. Right. It's no, I'm going to actually intentionally walk as slow as I can to try to open my eyes, open my heart, open my ears, see what God's revealing to me, see who I, who my neighbors are and just experience this moment and to actually slow myself down to be present. And it's been super hard but it's been very rewarding to do that also. Um, you know, I, I don't think I will go so far as trying to do a CrossFit workout as slow as I possibly could. <laughs> like I'm not going to do that, but trying to uh, incorporate um, aspects of slowing into my life has been very healthy and, and kind of cool. I it's not easy, first, but cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I think on our first episode, we told a hiking story when, when uh, Cody and I went for a hike, Cody, Cody's pretty good at uh, the old solitude thing. <laughs> He's pretty good at, He's pretty good at like stopping to take things in <laughs> and we're hiking and I'm like, no, we're going, we're going to the summit. This is where we are going. We're not here for any other reason. I'm just lazy. Finish this hike. Like, come on. Cody's like, yeah, I but- appreciate you like uh, spinning <laughs> this in a way that makes me look Cody's good. Like, but, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're just a deep contemplative person, here. man. Like, that's um, just what this it is. is. Nice. No, no, no. I just needed a rest. <laughs> I know. Even when I like, even when I watch like sporting events or something and it's like, I'm, I should just like sit down and watch it. I'm like, Nope, can't do that. I gotta like, I watch it. And now with, uh, like stop and record, it's so perfect. Cause I like stop Mm -hmm. and record it, fast forward it. I go do something. I come back. I like at the very least, that's the only time I'll like stretch is when I'm watching a football game or watching it. But, um, 
the last thing I wanted to touch on before we, we always finish our show with these, uh, these close out questions. And so these are just kind of quick hitters. Um, tell me, tell me, tell me how the adoption thing is going. I do know that your wife and you are adopting. If you don't want to talk about yeah. it I'm here, it's totally understandable. Nobody will, would fault you for it. How, how's that going? No, absolutely. Um, it's going well as, as well as it can. I mean, Ted, you and Amy adopted and, and, and we went to dinner with you guys and you shared some wisdom and just some, some, some highs and lows. And that was so helpful for us. Um, I mean, we are, we are fully approved and waiting is what it's called now. So we did all the paperwork, did our home study, um, you know, paid, paid the fees that are due up to this point. And now we're just waiting on a phone call or an email or, or some sort of connection to be made. We're adopting in state in Colorado. So we knew it would be a little bit slower just because, you know, there's just less people here. Um, we decided not to go national or international, which obviously makes the pool bigger. Um, and we're okay with that. Uh, we're just having to be patient. Uh, we, we know, um, being people of faith, we know that, that whatever happens, it's going to be the right situation that, that God's got a plan and that it's going to be, even if it's a really crazy situation that we get to be part of, it's, we know that, that that's the right situation for us. Or, you know, we know that, um, there's been a few, um, there's been two hospital calls recently that, that they showed our book to, and, and we were a like quote unquote option, I guess you could say. And we, we weren't picked, That's good. um, which is, it's cool to, to, to have that kind of momentum, that movement. Um, but it's, I'll tell you what, man, it, it's, it's, it's emotionally draining. You kind of, especially when you're kind of told like, Hey, we're going to show your book. Here's a situation. You get emotionally tied to that where it's like, even if they don't pick me, like this could be my child. This could be my child's birth mom. We could have a relationship starting now. This could be the first time. And it's just, it, it's, it's hard but my wife and I, we talked after and we said, you know what? We, we don't want to ever become too cold to that. Like yeah. we want to actually feel it all. Like we want to, if we're going to, if we connect with this person, this story just through an email and then we feel like it's taken from us when we aren't picked, like that's okay to feel that way. That's okay to grieve that. That's okay to be, uh, to be hurt by that, to, to then celebrate that 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 somebody was picked that 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 baby is now somebody's child and that there's this relationship that 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 was chosen like man praise god for that um but to be okay that you know what it hurt it hurt and that's okay we know that there's there's a there's um there's somebody out there for us we know that god's got a plan and we have faith in that we have hope in that and we're just trying to be patient so it's going well it's just it's hard you know it's hard to, to wait. As I said, I love, I love speed. I love movement. I love things happening and it's hard when things aren't, you know, you know, it is, it is a challenge. And, um, you know, I would say that you and Kristen are definitely built for it. You know, you guys will, you guys will just, you know, take the challenge on and, yeah. and there are a lot of, there are a lot of highs and lows with it, but when it all happens, like I can't tell you a single low, like I don't remember them. I don't, you yeah. know, like they're just, absolutely. They're, you know, so you just move on and, and it's 1,000% worth it. And so mm-hmm. look forward to just mm-hmm. being updated on that soon, hopefully. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you for asking. Guys. All right, closeout questions. Here we go. Cody, you got the first one. All right, so number one is going to be non-related to anything we've talked about thus far. Is there a hobby that you wish you had more time for? Yeah. Um, big one for me, I really wish that I had more time to read. Um that's something that I I've tried to do a lot more of lately. Uh, I kind of have a goal of reading five new books this year. Um, it's just ones that I haven't read before. And so I really wish I had more time to read for sure. 
can you give us a book recommendation, whether it's recent or in the past, that's maybe stuck with you, been powerful for you, or that you might find um, uh, useful to give others to uh, read and, and maybe find some useful knowledge from? Yeah, absolutely. A, a amazing book that I just read um, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and the author is John Mark Comer. Um, and so earlier in the podcast, we talked about uh, briefly about spiritual disciplines, and that's a big thing that he focuses on. Uh, th- really, the, the the premise behind it is like we we, especially Americans, live such a life of hurry and busyness and distraction that in these spiritual disciplines of like, as I talked about slowing down and resting and removing ourselves from people so that we can be more of ourselves when we return. Um, that's a big focus. And it was so, so impactful and beneficial to me reading it during the pandemic. Um, it came out in like 2019. And so I pre-ordered it and then I read it at the beginning of 2020 before like the shutdown really happened. And so like, it was just so life-giving to me. Um, Again, I'm a, I'm a Christian, and so it, it, it's it's from a very heavy Christian perspective. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, Christian language and lingo in there. Not like insider language, but th- you'll, there's a lot of Jesus. Okay, <laughs> like there's a lot of Bible stuff. So if you're not like a if you're not a believer, then um, I'd still encourage you to maybe check it out if you, if you want to. And if not, then and just pass on it maybe. But um, I loved it, and again, it was so life giving to me. Um, something that I I will definitely read multiple times in my life. Oh, absolutely. Oh, so it's like a bookshelf book. Absolutely. Front facing oh, out, yeah. so you can see it. You do that. I like those. Oh, that's a good Those's idea. Things. Yeah, like kind of my, my featured books. Yeah, yeah. All right, oh. go ahead, Ted. <laughs> um, Caleb, what's your favorite? Um, do you have a favorite movement to coach? Fitness movement. Mm, mm. A favorite movement. I would just have to pick the one, just my own favorite movement, and it's probably that's probably why I like to coach it most because I love it, and it's just any sort of clean, especially if it's a squat clean. Man, I just love that. And it's such like a powerful movement too. So like it's so fun to watch somebody who's never cleaned before. And it's 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 so funny to like watch somebody start with a clean, like who's never done it, and it just looks awful. <laughs> like yeah. let's be honest. This is like the worst looking thing ever. And then after some time and after coaching and after they've practiced it, I mean it becomes like the most beautiful thing ever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, like when did that happen? Like you're killing it. That looks amazing. So I, I especially love love coaching that. So your next question is going to be continuum off of that. If you had to choose a variation of the clean, so, you know, and you only could do that one variation for the rest of your life. Oh geez. Well, like, what would you do? Like hang clean, hang power, clean, power, clean. Mm. What's, what's that look like a split clean? Oh man, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that. Give it a try. I, Give it a try. I think it would, I, I'll have to try that now. I think it would probably just be a full on from the floor squat clean. Right. Um, I really, I'm with you there. Yeah, man. Like, like as, as fast as I can be with hang cleans, especially if they're power cleans, it just tears up my legs and mm-hmm. it's, it's so tiring. And so the ability to do like, like a grace, you know, 30, 30 clean and jerks. So adding the jerk in then 30 clean and jerks for time, being able to do just as fast as I can singles. I love it. You know, not being able to do a heavyweight, getting it overhead and then just being able to let it drop is awesome. <laughs> so I love that. Uh, next question. What uh, do you, I need a couple? So this is just for for me for listeners. Give us some music recommendations. We need music to to chill to and maybe mm. music to work out to. I've been listening to a lot of Nathaniel Rateliff lately. 
And yeah. like my go-to chill jam is Lord Huron. If you've ever heard of them, yeah, man, absolutely. Like adventure play, like adventure playlist, chill playlist, anything like road trip through the mountains. Like those are go-tos. Uh, love that. Love that folk uh, indie. You dig kinda, it, Cody. You would like it. Yeah, a lot. Check yeah, it out. I love it. Yeah, those two are great. I don't know where Lord Huron's from, but Nathaniel Rateliff is uh, Colorado, maybe even Denver. Yeah, um, so. And then to work out to, man, I, I mean, my jam right now is, I don't know who sings it. I, music is not my thing. Like, I never listen to lyrics. I never <laughs> can tell you who sings what. Like, my wife is all about it. And we, we love playing this. She loves country music. And so we love playing this game where the song comes on. And we, like, she'll block the little, like, indicator. And she's like, okay, who sings this? And I'm like, uh, George Strait. And she's like, no, are you kidding me? No. Like, I'm just so bad at it. So, like, my jam right now is Astronaut in the Ocean. No idea who sings it, you know. Um, I don't know. That's, like, a really good jam. But I, I can never say no to, to Linkin Park. Lincoln I mean, Park. that's my that's my junior high, high school. It takes you back. <laughs> punk rock stuff coming out. Love it. What's the best meal you've had in the last month? And, and use some detail here. You know, make our mouths water. Oh, Have a dang. smell of the smells, if you will. In the past month, yeah. See, that's not. Oh, that's not enough time. Let's see here. You know, who cooks, I, you, who cooks the most? Is it you or Kristen? Oh, it's absolutely me. <laughs> Kristen will like. I mean, she's downstairs, but like, she will rarely, if ever, cook. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the same in my household. And but it's and you want it that way. Like, I, we don't really. Yeah, I mean, Chris she never really learned how to cook. She she's gotten a lot better. We do like the meal the meal plan thing, you know. So we mm-hmm. it's just two of us, so it's a little, it's easy. We do you know the meal plan, and it's it's helpful. It gives you the directions. You know, I would say the first meal I had after the rim to rim hike, but that's a whole story that like it was actually not great. Like not getting I've blabbed on and on, but not getting into too much detail. Grand Canyon is split where we come out into two areas and there's a shuttle system. The shuttle system that takes you to like the tourist area where all the good food is was not running because of COVID. And we're over here like in like the not tourist area. And so we had to walk a mile and a half after walking 25 miles to go get a decent meal. And it was a hamburger that was just kind of okay. And the beer was not a good beer. Like I would have chosen a different. So, so to, to answer your question, that was the, the most disappointing meal I've had in the past yeah. month. That should have been I, all I wanted the final two miles coming out of the Grand Canyon. I'm like, I just want a steak. So yeah. I want a steak and like the biggest, coldest beer I can find and didn't happen. Dang, so that's, that's, tough. that's, that's not it. That's not the question you asked, but that's, but that's the, that's the, the answer we're going to take. That's the answer we're going to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead, Ted. <laughs> the pessimism. <laughs> um, what, uh, what's the worst job you've ever had? Oh man. So, so this is the worst. It was like probably the best paying job I've ever had. But it was the worst because it was just so stressful. I was a server at a restaurant in uh, in St. Louis when I was at seminary, when I was uh, at school to be a pastor. And it's a it's like a fancy restaurant. Like, I mean, I had to wear a tie and like I had to wear like nice, nice pants and nice clothes. The worst part about it is I had to know wines and I like I like wine. It's really good. I, I enjoy it. I don't know a thing about wine. Beer is my thing. Like I know beer. If you wanna if you wanna if you wanna know what beer you should drink with your prime rib, I can let you know. But if you wanna know, you know, like how dry is this Bordeaux and what region from France is it from? I don't know. Like, and, and it's a fancy it's a fancy job. And my tips, like my my pay is totally dependent on me giving you a good time and knowing this wine list. Yeah. Yeah, and just the boss was just a 
a jerk. He's <laughs> <laughs> a challenging guy. And and just working in the food industry is just gross. I mean, just seeing what people do to food after somebody's eaten it and oh just and people are so mean, you know, like like this isn't this isn't hot. This isn't what I ordered and they're just so rude and so it was just yeah, that was no fun. It, it paid very well. I mean, I had some good tips, but <laughs> it was not a fun experience. All right. So, if you had to write a book right now about anything, it can be about anything. What would the title of that book be? Now, we don't need a description. We don't need like the synopsis or anything. Just the title. Hmm. You, you just want the just title? The title. And nothing okay. else. And then you can leave the rest up to our imaginations if need be. I'm I'm not very I'm not a very thoughtful or creative person, but put me on this uh, put me on I the am. spot. That's good. First thing that comes to mind is a book. I would call it Spiritual Runoff. Okay. Spiritual. And I and I won't give don't, you yeah we don't want it that because I haven't thought yeah <laughs> we don't want it we don't need it. <laughs> I'll let the listeners give you some ideas and then yeah then I'll, maybe I'll write a book based on what they say. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the way to do it. Um. Can the, do you, is there any good jokes out there that you could share with us about being a pastor and doing CrossFit? Like, I just feel like there's, I just feel like there's like an untapped, you meme, know, like untapped meme market for like, you would think, right. You know, besides the obvious, like Jesus is the original CrossFitter, you know, and you got the image of Jesus carrying a cross. Like that's, yeah. you know, that's funny, but like, there's nothing else. Like it's, it's kind of this like, yeah, maybe a taboo thing, but this one time yeah. I, I, I said to Caleb in front of everybody in the class and I think the joke fell very, very flat, like most of mine. I go, do you re- you remember this? No, I'm sure I, I will when you say it. We were stretching, 7 a.m. in the morning. And I go, Caleb, because of your line of work, are you allowed to ever just say, Jesus Christ? And <laughs> Because it's like, that is who you're maybe talking to. And even though it's not like... Yep. You just got to turn it into a prayer in that moment. I don't even know I mean, if you maybe... Just, you just yell it as loud as you can, and then you just say... Help me, Lord. <laughs> no, but I, I think the the funniest thing, something that I really appreciate about our gym, and this is bad, but like I don't have there there are no like actually Chad Washburn, Ted, he he's like started he and his family started coming to the church, yeah, which great. is cool. But like, there's no other like church members who are also members of the gym, which is great because like I'm one of those stereotypical crossfitters who likes to take off my shirt because it's, it's so restrictive and I could shave like two, two seconds off my time if I'm not wearing a shirt and I'm going to do it. And so it's very, it's very weird if somebody from the church shows up and they're like, I think my pastor isn't wearing a shirt. That's my pastor. And why is he grunting? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, thank God I don't have anybody there. So I, I'm not really the the one to invite a friend because like, you know what? I don't really want you here to see me doing this. All right. Where are we at on uh, our questions? I got distracted. Uh, I with think my we're good. Joke. Actually, that's probably a good spot. Honestly, I don't know if we can follow that up. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nobody wants to see their pastor. Shirtless. Yes. Yeah. Let's there be you honest. Go. We'll just title that the episode shirtless pastor shirtless. Caleb. I, I think let's uh, write that down. Yeah. I better write that that's down. Good. That's it. good. Caleb, thanks so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it as always. Um, We'll uh, we'll probably have you on again. We really appreciate talking yeah, it's fun. talking with you and and uh, best of luck with everything moving forward. You and Kristen, thank, thank you guys so much. This was awesome. This was a lot of fun. This was, it was it was a blast. So thank you guys. Thanks for what you're doing. Uh, really appreciate you guys coaching people. I mean it's 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 a it's an important thing to do, and you guys are really help helping people grow, which is huge. So I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, thanks to you. All right, and we'll wrap the show up right after this. 
cool down portion of the episode here at Practical Wellness Radio. If you guys have any questions and you want us to answer and take a crack at, we always uh, finish out the show like this where we answer a listener submitted question. But um, if you have a question for us, you can send it to info at practicalwellnesscoach.com. But uh, today we're actually going to be talking about an event that we have coming up here at Practical Wellness. The event is called the IC Weightlifting Summit. And uh, the IC Weightlifting Summit is going to be taking place August 15th at Big Grove Brewery in Iowa City. And uh, if you know Cody and I, we're both big fans of the barbell. We like to we like the discipline and the the strength, the skill, and everything that comes with lifting barbells. But um, Cody, let's uh, I'm just going to push it to you, man. This is kind of your brainchild, and I'm really excited about it. I know a lot of people are. What uh, give us the quick little spiel on the IC Weightlifting Summit? Yeah, so the IC Weightlifting Summit. IC standing for Iowa City, obviously, but when you search for it, it is IC Weightlifting Summit. This is a community-driven event that is absolutely free. It's a two-pronger, so that meaning there's going to be a lift and learn segment. So that's the first half of the event that'll last from nine to about ten fifteen, where we're going to simply be teaching the primary barbell movement patterns, such as the squat the deadlift, and the overhead press. Now this is going to be done with PVC pipes. It's very, very, you know, much in the sense of the word, right? For beginners, no loaded barbells. Again, it's all PVC stuff. It's all teaching. It's all learning, hence the lift and learn. And we're going to take coaches from around the Iowa City area, from various gyms, trainers, um, to help us out with this. We'll have kind of a main guy, Phil Johnson, who runs Got Strength Weightlifting. Um, He's going to be kind of the head uh, coach, head teacher. And then we're going to have some sub coaches that will kind of work in small groups, right, with the participants for those that have registered to teach, again, these movements. So basically what that'll look like is we'll kind of do a full group where Phil will be leading um, and going over what movement we're doing at that moment. So maybe it's a squat. Hey, here's a squat. Here's what it looks like. Someone will demo that for us. Here's why it's important and the value of doing it, both as a skill and as a, a movement or exercise to improve upon as it relates to many goals, right, or outcomes. And then that will then break out into those smaller groups with those other coaches. They'll go through the movement with those small groups and the group size will be dependent on how many people register, but it will be small. It will be personal. You can ask questions. You'll get immediate feedback and correction to improve your own patterns. Then once that's over after a certain amount of time, we'll move on to the next movement. And then again, the next movement after that, again, it all told it'll be about an hour, hour 15, again, depending on how many people are there as well. So that's the first segment of the event. And then Let's stop After there that. just for yeah, a second, actually, because I think this is really cool. And, and we'll get on to the second segment in just a second. But uh, I just wanted to reiterate and kind of ask maybe a few questions on that first segment. Sure. Um, so you so you said we're, you know, the plan is to meet up in the morning. And yeah. what do you thought about 9 to 10, 15, 10, 30 or so? And I think, you know, first, when I first heard about this and I first think about this, I think a lot of people may be listening to this. If you live in the Iowa City area, you're probably already pretty passionate about fitness. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast, that probably is the case. Um, first question, 
is this for maybe, are we talking all skill levels? I know it's maybe very, very directed towards um, the teachings of the movements, but is this still like an, a, something that an intermediate lifter could benefit from? Well, absolutely. You know, the idea, the the person I have in mind is someone that maybe is brand new, absolutely, you know, as the uh, target audience, right? Someone that, and this is part of the, re- of the reason why we're doing it at Big Grove is, you know, it's not in some gym you've never been to, you know, you might be uncomfortable there. This is maybe in a, an environment where you've been to a bunch of times and you feel it more comfortable, right? You know where to park, all that kind of stuff, you know, it yeah. certainly adds up um, to come in and learn these lifts. But that doesn't mean, yeah, an intermediate lifter or even an advanced lifter, right? Can't come in and learn something, get a, a few nuggets of wisdom or some simple corrections that might carry or transfer, transfer over to, you know, more efficiency in their own movement patterns um, as well. So it can be absolutely for everybody. But just, again, understand that the ideal uh, person would be the beginner, though the intermediate could certainly do that this uh, part of the event and get something out of it, absolutely. No, that's good. And I think it's important to know, too, that whether you consider yourself an intermediate or advanced, I think it's always it's always worthwhile to take a step back and work on the fundamentals of, of any of these lifts, right? And yeah. just to reiterate, you talked about uh, the deadlift, the squat, and the overhead press. Yep. I always, uh, if you've ever been coached by me, I I try to put everything into analogies, right? And so mm-hmm. let's say you're a basketball player. You're never too good to work on free throws, right? You're never too good to work on fundamentals. Right. And so even if you're in, you know, a professional basketball player, you still warm up with some layups, you still hit some free throws and and that's part of the fundamentals are the fundamentals for a reason. So if you consider yourself beginner, advanced, intermediate, wherever it is, I think you're absolutely right. Like this is something for you to, and you also said it, said it there too, to be coached by some of the best coaches in the Iowa city area Mm -hmm. and why not take advantage of something? Well, you know, it's sec- interesting as yeah, you go ahead. going along with that is, and you've experienced this before, you might be lifting and you've done it for a long time, but you know, you maybe only have eyes on you by one coach or two coaches, right? And maybe just something doesn't click. And that's not the fault of the coach. That's not the fault of the lifter. Just sometimes things don't click, right? And how things are communicated. And since you're going to be coached by potentially someone that you haven't been coached by before, they might say something in a way that you haven't heard that just clicks. And that can make a big difference too. Yeah. And then the last note I would say too is like a lot of times when we are you know, let's, let's take it from both our perspective as coaches, Cody, and then also the perspective of an athlete. A lot of times just having a coach, even if you are an advanced lifter, like when I was running the the gym, Fort Collins CrossFit, we'd have people travel. Fort Collins was pretty high destination, you know, high, um, um, sought out, you know, travel. There's summertime. People are coming to hang out, hit up breweries. Wintertime people are coming to ski in, in the area, whatever it is. But, you know, we'd have people that, uh, would come in and they drop in and, and maybe they set up a certain way or they use their, they put their feet in a certain stance. And it wasn't necessarily me as the coach to tell them that that was wrong. Cause I don't think that's my position at all, but it was for me as the coach to say, Hey, that's interesting. Why do you do that? And that yeah. might even be the simple thing that a coach would say to you in that day. And if there's a why for it, I bet your coach really appreciates it. Cause it's maybe something he's, he or she's never considered, or maybe you just do it because it feels good, but a lot of times you don't know the benefits of, of a different setup, a different stance, whatever it may be until you try it. But, and then the second point I really want to make with this too, I, and I started alluded to this before, if you are somebody who is already into weightlifting 
and you you probably have a handful of friends that you've always wanted to kind of push into barbell lifting, right? Or weightlifting, whatever it yep. might be. And this is probably the perfect opportunity to do that because there will be a lot of beginners in this in this uh, structured, you know, lift and learn. And again, a lot of, you know, a lot of those maybe, let's say novices or anybody who has never maybe attempted to, to do any weightlifting before will probably and hopefully feel comfortable in this setting because like we said already, they are beginners and they're going to be surrounded by beginners, but two, they get to kind of benefit the social aspect of it. Like, and that's going to be like, this is, this is a, a very social event also. Um, so if you don't have anything to add Cody to that first portion, no. let's talk about the second segment now. Yeah. And just IC to weightlifting yeah, close out my thoughts with, you know, your thoughts is, uh, I thought that was a great point of just, you can support your own friends that you're like, maybe you've been saying, Hey, like come to the gym with me, you know, do this with me, do that. You know, let's lift these weights and they're very hesitant. They don't feel comfortable um, in that environment. This is a great way to introduce that in a very relaxed place. Like it's not going to be, there's no drill, drill sergeants here. It's very relaxed. We're going to have the music going. Um, it's going to be really fun. And this could be a great way to introduce them to that. Then hopefully they can add that to their own fitness routines. Or maybe this begins their own fitness routine as well um, and carries lasting positive benefits. But yes, absolutely. So the second segment of this event, the second half, I should say, is the meat so we are going to do a non-traditional weightlifting meat so what this is going to consist of is going to be a clean and this can be from the floor or it has to be excuse me it has to be from the floor but it can be a power clean or it could be a full clean okay it's also going to consist of a back squat and then to follow that with an overhead press Right, a strict overhead press. Now, this particular segment of the event is going to be more for intermediate advanced lifters. And you're going to have to, when you register, which registration is going to be mid-July, you're going to have to um, identify that you do have experience um, within these movement patterns uh, before you register. You're going to have to even declare your, your starting weights as well. So this one is for the intermediate advanced lifter, whereas the lift and learn is going to be more for everybody, right? Catered to the beginner. I'm excited for this. We're going to have, and we're still working out some details here. We're recording this at the end of May. So we're still fleshing some things out, um, kind of what we're going to be able to get in terms of donations and things like that. Because again, this is a full, fully free event. Everything from both the lift and learn to the meet itself will be free. So there are some things that are subject to change, but we are going to have two platforms where we'll have men going and then the women going on the other platform. So we'll have two platforms running simultaneously and yeah, we're going to just hit it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be again, pretty relaxed within the context. We're going to have music going and very traditional meets, whether it's powerlifting or Olympic lifting, you know, it's very quiet. It's very, uh, regimented, right. Very focused and that's all great, but we want this to be a little different right? We're going to be outside. We're going to be, you know, hanging out. We're going to have the music going. Like I said earlier, it's at a brewery, you know? So yeah, I'm excited for that one as well. Yeah. That, uh, that sounds really, really intriguing. And I think you're doing a good job too of, of how we're structuring this and how you're structuring this is, you know, if you're, if you're in the Iowa city way, or if you're in the Iowa city area and you have any interest in a barbell whatsoever, like this has, 
something for you, right? Whether you're a beginner, intermediate, advanced, we talked about all those options already. Um, and so, yeah, just to reiterate, you talked about power clean, there's a back squat and there's a yep. overhead press. Yep. Um, what is the structure going to look like? So let's say, you know, I'm an individual and I'm going to, you know, sign up for this. You said reg- registration will be in July sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just take me, for example, I'm a male. You said I'm, I'll probably potentially have to declare my opening lifts, opening weights. How many yep. attempts? Yep. How many attempts do I have at each lift? What is the yep. timeline going to look like? I know some of that will be dependent on how many people sign up, but absolutely. you know, what's Absolute. kind of the broad outlook of it? So we do have some restrictions in terms of how long we can be at Big Grow. We can't just take up their space all day, right? So we do have to consider that. We're going to put a limit on registration for the meet. We will have an open registration for the lift and learn, mind you. But for the meet, we are going to put a limit on 15 females and 15 males. And our hope is to start the meet at 1030 and be done around one, if not maybe slightly before that. You're going to be able to have three attempts at each lift. And this is going to be a running clock. So basically, you know, three, two, one, first lifters up with the lowest starting weight of um, that platform. And then it's just going to be an ascending barbell in terms of load. At the top of each minute, the next lifter will go. If that lifter doesn't need the full minute, that clock will then begin um, for the next lifter. So it's going to be very quick. It's going to be very fast um, just so we can get through this so it's not an all-day thing. Again, it's all about fun. It's all about you know hanging out and, again, community as well. But that is going to be subject to change slightly. We'll obviously have some different things that we'll adjust um, and even test out a little bit just to make sure that does run well. We will have the full details and any corrections even from this podcast. Uh obviously when you register. Um, so you can check all that stuff out, uh, as well. Yeah, that's great. So that's good. So we've got, we talked about the structure of the day, where it's at, more details to come. Registration date is, we don't have an exact day set up yet. No, it'll be about mid July. It'll be mid July. And yeah, and you can find all the updated information that we don't maybe have quite the answers to in this podcast, um, or even maybe even some changes as well. Again, we're still, um, a couple months away from the event itself, about two and a half. So we saw some stuff that we want to adjust and test out. Um, but yeah, you can find all that information as well as, you know, even movement standards for the meet as well, because we'll have certain standards that you'll have to meet to declare a successful list. We will potentially have prizes and things like that um, as well. And if you do want to support the meet, you know, certainly reach out. You can follow us on um, Instagram at IC Weightlifting Summit, and you can send a message through there. Uh, we also have a Facebook page under the same name, IC Weightlifting Summit, or you can email us um, at this email address. It would be icweightliftingsummit at gmail.com. And if you want to help out, reach out, whether that's volunteering or donating something uh, for the event, absolutely super down for that. All right, there you have it. Again, one more time, reminder, this is a free, free, absolutely free community event. Community-driven, community-driven. So the more people that pitch in, the better it will be. Yeah. And uh, as Cody said, if you guys need any more info, stay tuned to both Practical Wellness and the IC Weightlifting um, social media pages. Thanks again to Caleb for coming onto the show, and we will talk to you next time.